Welcome to Tulsa Titans, highlighting our local business leaders who are making a difference. Today, I'm excited. I'm, I'm with Scott Udi. Scott, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm good. So you're the managing partner of Ross and Udi. You're also the vice mayor of Broken Arrow. Can you introduce yourself for us? Sure. My name is Scott Udi. I am the uh, managing partner for Ross and Udi PLLC, a local law firm, and I have the privilege and honor of serving as a city councilor and vice mayor for the great city of Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. Now we're doing a lot of this remote uh, stuff nowadays. You know, things have been, and we just, we can acknowledge that they've been a little bit different uh, the last 12 months. Uh, we're opening up a little bit more, but in that we're still in the first part of 2021. And so I'm interested, what are three things that you notice you're doing more of and then to do more of those things, what are three things that you've cut out of your life? Yeah, well, one of the things I noticed I'm doing more of is cooking at home. Uh, you know, it was when, when things were open, you'd, you'd go out and eat. It's just easy. Oh, I'm just running behind. But I've purposely planned things where we're cooking and sitting down at a table almost every night of the week. And many mornings we're eating breakfast together. We're doing more of that, and um, that has that has really been. And what I've discovered is uh, we're doing more of that and watching less TV and less of other things. It's kind of it's been an interesting uh, that that's been interesting. Um, I've been uh, actually finding more reasons to exercise. Uh, that's another thing. I've been exercising more and 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 uh, getting in in better shape. And and most people I've heard a lot of people say, well, I. I gained 15 pounds from the COVID-15, but no, I, me, I was looking for reasons to, to get out of the house or to get out of the office because I was trapped in my office or I was trapped at the house, you know, because of, of wanting to uh, be honor others and, and, and be, do my part to, to limit the spread. And so uh, I, I found that I was finding reasons to go to the running trail and, 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 uh, uh, do things like that. So I would say that's another change. And, and the third, um, really I'm spending more time uh, doing things that I think are far more productive. Uh, I've learned uh, how to maximize my time, whether that be taking additional time for, for that, making sure I get that Bible study in or, or making sure that, that I take time to, to call people because, um, you know, with the COVID, situation and what changes we've made had to make my uh just this past week my uh my uh stepfather's dad passed away from covid and uh you when you realize especially the older folks that are more susceptible to it when you realize that you know we always know time short more it's appointed unto a man wants to live and then to die uh as as the bible tells us but taking advantage of spending time with those that you love, especially in that age group, when something like this is taking place, I think it makes it more, more important. And uh, uh, so I've been trying to communicate and connect with people even more, even though I see them less, I'm connecting with them more. Well, I think that is one of the benefits of where we're at, you know, COVID hit, but we, we had the technology to, if we used it correctly to do those things. Right. And so I've got to ask you, you're running, you're, you're spending more time talking to people, you're up early, you're in the word, um, you serve the city, you serve, um, you're the managing partner at your, your business, you serve your church and you serve your community. 
what's one of the habits that you know uh, leads you to success accomplishing or, or having so much activity in your life? I get up every morning and the first thing I do is make my bed. And you think, oh, well that, okay, that's simple. But I didn't do that for years. I get up, I get ready and oh, if I thought about it, I, you know. And, and uh, right after uh, about a year ago, I have been about uh, 14 months now. Um, I woke up one morning and was just dragging. And I thought, you know, this is, this is stupid. Why am I doing this? And I looked at the bed and thought, oh, I'd love to get back in that bed. I'm so tired. And I thought, wait a minute, that bed's made. You're not going to want to mess that bed up. And I know it sounds silly, but I make my bed every morning. And that is a mental deposit here that says you're ready for the day. And there's no going back. You're ready for this day. So I get up, whether it's five o'clock to go running or whether it's seven o'clock to you know, I, I slept in and I, and I, whatever, I, first thing I do is I get up and I make that bed. The second thing I do is I go sit down and eat breakfast. And, and uh, even if it's just a, a, a five line devotional, I, I repurpose my mind for the day. And I wasn't doing all that before. Um, and, and I found that since I started doing that, my day goes better. I'm healthier um, and um, I am more prepared for the day. So uh, uh, small word of advice, when you get in the morning, make your bed, you're ready for the day. No, I'm gonna have to start doing that. You're about the 10th person to talk about making their bed. Uh, <laughs> but I do um, get into the word and have some quiet time. And what I've found, cause every day hasn't been perfect is the days that I you know, get up late or I'm getting the kids to school and then I jump into email. We all jump mm -hmm. the email or the phone call. Right. I'm truly not in control of my thoughts. Really right. getting up and setting my mindset puts me in control of my day. And otherwise I, I get some anxiety I normally wouldn't get. Do you find kind of the same thing with your morning ritual that if you spend the time, you're more in control of your day? Absolutely. I, that's what I discovered and I didn't understand that. And I mean, I'm almost 50 years old, so I'm just now figuring this out. So clearly I'm a slow learner, but, but what I didn't understand is how important it was to set your mind early in the day. And that's what I've discovered is, is if there's a day where I, I forget to, to, to uh, read that devotional and, and not just read it, but think about it. You know, you, you can read anything, but you've got to, it's got to settle in. If it's just for five minutes, it needs to settle in for that five minutes. Those days I've not done that, or those days I've I've missed uh, exercise or missed something. It just it starts the whole thing off wrong. Now that doesn't God can redeem it. You know, you go through your day, He still blesses me. I'm still you know, uh, but but I found that if I start with the right mindset and spending time with the right people. Uh, and, and, and that includes, you know, the heavenly father. If you spend time with that, um, your day, even if it's a bad day, you started it with the right mindset and it's going to take any stress that comes and make it that much easier to handle. So I agree with you. I think if you don't start right, it, it just sets the tone. And I think, you know, um, I studied music in college and that's one of the things setting the tone if you start if you start off on the wrong note 
the rest of the song is going to be a struggle. So, but if you start off on in the right key on the right note, it makes the song close so much better. And that's, I think it's the same can be said for your day. No, that's a great visual. I'm going to have to steal that. You got to start off on the right key. That's right. Right. Bad note. No, that's really good. So what's your, and you mentioned it, we all have a plan and, and weeks, months may go great. We, we have times we're soaring and things get really challenging, but sometimes you just have those days where nothing goes right. right. And so I, I know what the audience would want to know is for you as a professional taking on so much and you've overcome a lot of those days, you have to have a why. What's your why behind what you really do? Well, um, I think you could break that down into three chunks. Um, I mean, first off, and, and, and the first one is the most important. Um, I believe those of us who, who, are, who uh, have accepted Christ and, and, and have accepted his plan for our life, even our, our job is to fulfill the Great Commission. You can do that a number of ways, but one of the best ways is to figure out how you can serve others, because in serving others, remember, Jesus washed the feet of his disciples. Um, that's the true example of that servant leadership. I'm doing this to a, be an example to you of how you lead. Um, people are not going to trust you to lead unless you're going to serve or willing to serve, and so the why in one part is um, I, I cannot complete what God's called me to do without being willing to serve others. So that's, that's the, a, that's part a part B. I have two beautiful kids and, and, uh, I have a, a 19 year old who, who is a freshman in college and I have a 12 year old who's, a a, a, a sixth grade middle school. Um, I have to be the example to them. I have to be the example of the husband, the example of the, the, the father, the example of the leader, the example of, 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 of everything. They're gonna get a, an example of me. Now they're gonna get a positive example or a negative example, but they're gonna get an example. They're gonna learn from either one. Well, I want them to learn from a positive example. So one of the reasons why I do what I do is so that they become better people and that they have a relationship with Christ and that they are willing to serve others in order to be the leaders that they're, that God has called them to be. And whether that's being uh, a, a, a waste control specialist or, or a, you know, another term for, you know, a trash man, um, or whether that's to be the president of the United States, Whatever God's called them to do and whatever gives them joy, they should do it with a joyful heart and they should lead. And I have to be the example of that, right? That's the example I want to lay down. And then the third thing is just, um, I enjoy people. I enjoy getting out and meeting people. I enjoy serving people. I enjoy participating in other people's lives uh, in a positive way. Um, and so you know, anything that allows me to, to touch someone in a positive way, that's going to drive me. And if I feel like I'm truly, you know, one of, one of the things I do, I'm an estate planner. Uh, I draft wills, trusts, things like that. 
Uh, I also help people going through some of the worst times in their lives, uh, deaths in the family. You know, After they call the, the funeral home operator, they call the lawyer. What do we do next? Well, I'd much rather they call someone who's interested in saying, okay, step one, mourn. That's the most important thing. Step one, spend time thinking about the person you lost. Don't worry about the business stuff. That'll happen. Spend time spend time mourning because that's the most important thing when you lose someone you love. The second thing is, is when I get to walk through and help them with stuff, with whatever it is. It may be something as simple as drafting an affidavit or something as expansive as a probate. Regardless, I want to be someone that they view as helpful and re reflective, responsive, and respective of their situation. Um, you only get that by loving people. And that has to be part of your why, you know, loving God, loving each other. Well, I think that that pulls over to something we were talking about uh, before we started uh, recording was servant leadership. And right. you have an interesting take on, on, you know, the city, the city council and the city of Broken Arrow uh, and all the roles that you've taken. Um, but I feel like you really have done a good job because of the way that you view it. Can you explain that a little bit too? Sure. You know, uh, when when we are in business in the community, especially when you're in business for yourself, and, and essentially I am. I mean, I'm. It's a small partnership. There's just three lawyers here, um, and um, so essentially I'm I'm self-employed, and I am reliant upon the members of my community to help me make a living, to help me pay my mortgage, to help me feed my kids. To, to, to help me take that vacation once every six years, whether I need it or not. Um, to, uh, uh, to, to be able to, to, to whatever success I have is based on others willing, want, wanting my help, especially in a service industry like being a lawyer or even owning a restaurant, anything like that. It is, I'm serving. And the only way I can serve is by people wanting that service. If people are going to take the time and invest their time, money, and dollars in my life so that I can make a living, so I can feed my kids, then you need to be, it's not just a desire, it's almost obligatory. You need to be willing to reinvest in their lives. You can do that a number of ways. You can, you can um, uh, be, a, be a nusher at your church. You can um, volunteer to, to um, uh, mow your neighbor's lawn. Um, you, can, you can invest your time in things that make a difference, whether that's on the arts council in your community, making sure that people's lives are brightened because of music and art, or serving on the city council, or serving in, in, in leadership at, at the chamber of commerce or something. All of those things, are reinvestments, both A, thanking people for their investing in me, and B, reinvesting what they've invested in me back into the community. And you know, it's, it's the pay it forward concept. I'm gonna serve, I'm gonna get involved because that's the right thing to do. And I know, you know, reaping and sowing, what you sow, what you invest in others is again, what you reap. So that's not the reason you do it, but that's the driving force behind it. Does that make sense? 
Yeah, absolutely. What I think, you know, when you, you talk about that as a leader, uh, what makes you effective? Uh, and, and I've, you know, I've known you for a while. I've known people that know you very well. And, and that's what they would say is you're a very, very effective leader. You know your why, but you know your leadership style. Um, and you also acknowledge, I love that you acknowledge your kids. Uh, and I really love that you acknowledge that uh, not doing anything is not an option. Because right. even your worst day or on the day where you decide to do nothing, eyes are on you. And so with, with eyes being on, you have quite a few, this, the city, people in your office, your family, people at church. How do you distill um, your leadership style, your beliefs, and then your values throughout those organizations that you do influence? Well, first and foremost, you have to live it. You just have to live who you are. And, and that's hard, especially when I mess up. And boy, do I mess up. And you know, when I mess up, it's not a small mess up. It's a big mess up because if you're going to do it, do it with gusto, you know, but, but when I, there's an old song and it, it, it's based out of scripture. It's, it's, and I say old, probably in the sixties or seventies. And it said, they'll know we are Christians by our love. Now I've always taken that to you're living out. You're living out your, your Christianity. Well, that applies specifically to Christianity, but that's, to me, that applies to everything. You have to live it out. You have to be the example. And so I'm going to slip up every once in a while, and I might, you know, especially if I get a paper cut, I might say a bad word or something, you know. Does that change who I am or mean I'm a terrible person? No. But people are watching. And we have to be mindful of that. So I think first and foremost, live out who you are, but make sure who you are is someone worth people seeing that lived out. If you make a mistake, admit your mistake, ask for forgiveness, come to grips with your humanity, but then you step right back in and say, you know, I made that mistake, but I, and I was wrong, I beg your forgiveness. But that doesn't limit, God's not finished with me yet. I have more to do. But be, live out the person you're wanting to be. You're going to make mistakes. But that's the best way is just live that. Be that. Um, and don't be afraid to say, I'm sorry. Don't be afraid to say thank you. And don't be afraid to ask others to hold you accountable. No, that's great. I, you, I want to key in on something you said I think is really, really important. Um, so I do men's ministry and I work with a lot of people throughout the community. And I see people that have labeled themselves their past mistakes versus viewing it as a mistake. And I think you said that really, really well, right? What you did is not who you are. Right. It may be a mistake and you still have a purpose. You're still a leader. You still have a calling. You want to talk about that a little bit? Well, you know, I think... Um, there is times I voted for some things or I've made decisions on the council that, that um, in retrospect, I thought about it and thought, you know, I may have missed it. And I've actually come before the council on at least one occasion, I think more than one, but I know one strictly in my mind where I felt I'd made a mistake in this prior decision. And I had to apologize for that. Say, so, you know, I'm human. Um, I think you do that 
uh, I've had clients where I didn't necessarily do anything wrong, but I could have done it in a better way and helped them in an even better way. And being said, you know, listen, here, here's, here's what, here's what I did and here's what I can do. And um, thank you for trusting me and allowing me to continue to, to serve you. Um, but, but I want to do it even better. I have an even better plan. I'm not sure if I'm directly hitting that, but I think, you know, probably the best thing is don't let your pride get in the way, get in the way of blessing someone, or don't let your pride get in the way of your calling. Because sometimes we get so wrapped up in well, what are people going to think of me and what are people going to do? At the end of the day, God's not asking, you know, God's not going to ask, well, did you make people like you? What he's going to ask is, were you about my business? That's what he's going to ask. Were you leading people to you, uh, to me? Were you, God's going to ask us, were you leading people to me? Um, so um, I think just realizing that we, I'm going to make mistakes every day, but what I am not going to do is give up on my relationship with Christ, my relationship with my family. And when I make a mistake or do it wrong, He's quick and just to forgive us if we confess, confess, right? Um, and then you move forward, knowing that he's given me a calling and I'm going to do everything I can to move forward with that call. I'm not sure if I completely addressed the question, but I think that's my philosophy in it. No, that's a great answer. And so many people get stuck in it, but you did, you know, when you, you make a mistake, rather than thinking about what others will think if you'll own it and take action on it, you won't continue to just sit, sit in shame, which we're not called. Right. Uh, and you, you're less likely to label yourself the action, which is not right. true. Uh, and then you've got to realize that you have a purpose. And I like that you covered, if you don't come forward and, and admit your shortcomings and say, hey, I'm going to do better and then get back to what God's calling you, you're really being taken out of the race. Right. You know, we have a purpose and you and you're being distracted and taken out of your purpose so that was very very good well even a blind pig finds an acorn on occasion you know <laughs> i can that 100 percent. and i know on my journey you know i've learned a lot but i've been surrounded by some some amazing leaders and amazing people is there somebody along your journey that's really helped you that you admire oh so many um so many i i the list is so long um, there's been, I mean, my, my, my first boss who became my law partner, a uh, gentleman by the name of Jack Ross, um, his willingness to invest in me and then push me to be my best, um, and then become someone that, uh, celebrates me that, that, I mean, what a wonderful mentor, what a wonderful friend. You could never ask for someone like that better. Um, you know, probably the person who had the greatest impact, 
short of Jesus. The person who's had the greatest impact on my life was my grandmother. She's the one who uh, dragged me to church, uh, even in the midst of my parents getting a divorce and a bunch of things falling apart in my life. She made sure I was in church. She made sure she led me. She made sure I, I found Christ, seven-year-old kid. You know, uh, I was mad at her for dragging me to church, but that night I left a changed person. You're thinking, well, you're seven. What sins did you have? You know, stealing milk money, but you know, having a milk addiction or what have you. But but no, even at that age, I knew. I and I I walked I walked down an aisle, and knelt at an altar, and I walked back a different person. Um, and that that was my grandmother. She spent her entire life praying for me. Um, and she was my biggest cheerleader, but she was also the first one to call me out and say, no, Scott, could you have done this different? Um, uh, her name was Dolly Shook. And uh, I had amazing grandparents. All four of them were amazing. But um, she really, she, she was, she was uh, someone special. And uh, she planted seeds in me that to this day, are still bearing fruit. Wow, thanks for sharing. And I think that's so important for anybody watching too, is to not overlook uh, praying for others and just intentional time as as the older individual in their life. At will, it's make? it's my, I'm sorry, I it didn't mean to interrupt. It, it's my firm belief yeah. that um, if you look at any person who's remotely successful, there will be one or two people, maybe more, who from the time they were born were praying for them. And not, not that she was the only one who did that, but I know the impact she had. And I know that so much of who I am was based on those early years and just prayers that were consistently prayed over me. And you look behind every person who has any remote level of success, I almost guarantee there's someone praying for them from, from an early age on. So Scott, one last question. I know our readers um, or our, our listeners love to read. If you, uh, if you were on that you know, once every six year vacation and you had a couple books to go back through, what would they be and why? Oh, I'm such a nerd. Um, I have really fallen in love with uh, uh, both the fiction and nonfiction of uh, C.S. Lewis. And uh, I know that's, you know, oh my gosh, you know, a guy who is turn of the century uh, apologetic. Uh, but, but when you look at where his life came and the bitterness of, of losing someone at a young age and, and becoming an atheist and then basically with nothing but the, the Holy Spirit and some friends who continued to pray for him, I might remind, just plant that seed, became one of the greatest theologians of our time. And there's so much richness in both his uh, fiction writings, the Chronicles of Narnia, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the uh, uh, screw tape letters, and his, his, his uh, biblical writings, you know, the, so 
uh, he's always a good go-to. Now, I'm just wanting to, uh, you know, and, and, and there's so much leadership in there. Of course, you know, there's, there's some great ones, uh, any leadership uh, books, you know, anything Maxwell and others, you know, if you're needing to re remember how to be a leader, but um, uh, I think that that, um, that is, uh, uh, so I, I mean, the very example, whenever I'm kind of, what do I read? I need something to read. Um, I'm always, I can always go back and read something that C.S. Lewis wrote. And I, even if I've read it three or four times before, it's like, oh, there's something in there. There's a nugget. So uh, it's old school, but that's me. No, that's great. I enjoy a lot of his writing too. So if somebody has a question for you uh, after this, there's so many ways everybody tries to communicate nowadays. Sure. What preferred method of communication? Uh, email me at uh, Scott Udy, S-C-O-T-T-E-U-D-E-Y at windstream.net, windstream.net. Scott Udy at windstream.net, email me and I'll be glad to answer any questions and I can give you my phone number, respond with phone number, text, any way you want to contact me. But that's the, that's the fastest and easiest way to get hold of me. And I know that that's a dying art that people are texting now or, or all these other things. But if you email me, it comes up on my computer. I'm going to respond at some point. So please, uh, if you have any questions, I'd love to hear from you. And you can flag it if they just make flagging possible in text messages. Exactly, exactly. If they ever do, let me know. <laughs> I will. I need that too. Well, everybody, thank you. As Kellen, one of the managing partners here at New Wave. Scott, thank you very much for giving today. Thank you.